0: Hello, I'm Scott McGowan, CEO of McGowan Braybender, producer and co-host of McGowan Braybender's podcast channel, Side Effects. We're almost a month into the state mandated stay-at-home order in Ohio and many weeks into working from home for McGowan Braybender. And our new normal is constantly changing every single day. Every aspect of our world is changing healthcare, the economy, technology, the way we communicate because of this virus. Today, we are introducing to you Lance Tyson the founder and CEO of the Tyson Group, based in Columbus, Ohio. Lance is the owner, president, and CEO of the Tyson Group. Lance facilitates, trains, and conducts over 100 workshops annually in such areas as performance management, leadership, sales, sales management, customer service, and team building. Over the past two decades, Lance Tyson has followed his passion for developing strong business leaders and their salespeople by tapping into his natural ability to connect with people and foster an environment for learning and coaching. The Tyson Group provides services to assess sales teams, diagnose their needs and equip them to be better salespeople and leaders. Lance now focuses on the mission of the Tyson Group to coach, train and consult with sales leaders and their teams to compete in a complex world. Lance lives in Dublin, Ohio with his wife and three sons. I'm Scott McGowan. I'm Kenzie Fell. And I'm Anne-Marie Singleton. Now I think even for our listeners too, I think what's important is um, we might be right, we might be wrong, but one thing is we're not afraid.
1: Our goal is to get you to think about things a little differently. And we're unscripted. We just have free reign for 20 minutes.
0: Welcome to Side Effects with an A. Welcome to the show, Lance Tyson. How are you doing, Scott? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, hey, uh, how are you and your family?
1: Well, um, I, I mentioned this earlier, we're, uh, we're spending a lot of time together. Everybody's healthy, and uh, good news is we're spending a lot of time together, and it uh, depends what time of the day is. Sometimes <laughs> that's the, the other side of it. We're struggling to all stay on Wi-Fi at the same time. And okay. ha, ha, how old are your boys? I have a 22 year old son. I have a 19 year old son, and a 16 year old son who celebrated his 16th birthday with COVID 19. <laughs> so.
0: Nice, nice. That that is, you know, it's funny. So our kids are out of the house. So there's one person on Wi-Fi, and it's me. So.
1: <laughs> right, right. You're not, you're not, you're not hearing the yells in between things. That's that's where it is. My house. Get off the Wi-Fi.
0: Oh, there's no question. So, so for our listeners, um, what is the Tyson Group?
1: So, um, and you know, what we do is really focus on an area that a lot of organizations struggle with, and that is that is selecting, finding, developing the right sales talent. You know, when you're an entrepreneur, or small business owner, nobody really has the passion and enthusiasm you do as an owner. So finding those people that actually can sell your product or service is hard. So we really focus on taking an existing sales team or helping develop a sales team and and for the right market and and that's really our focus at the end of the day to drive that, to drive those sales teams to hit the goals of the organization.
0: Well, what was interesting for our listeners, Lance, you worked for our organization for about three years. Yeah, yeah. So um, you showed up and we had a little bit of a, maybe a country club mentality. (laughs) Uh, And uh, you know, we we brought you in and said, hey, uh, we need to torque our sales team uh, 90 degrees. Right. And Mike said, well, I'm, I might go 180 and you <laughs> might get to back to 90. Right. So. right. That, that is a very true conversation. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've yeah.
1: I've never in your office do, having that conversation.
0: And I, and I appreciate it. But you work with a lot of sports franchises. Right. We do. And
1: uh, if I would have told, uh, this is not a great time to be in a business that teaches salespeople to get large groups of people together. This is not a good time for that right
0: now. Man. Oh, yeah. Right. It's one of the reasons why we brought you on is to think, you know, I'm thinking of industries that have just, like, stopped, like, okay. instantly, dead in their tracks. And yeah. Major League Sport, I mean, they're, they're, they're done. They're they just,
1: are. They're, I talked to three Major League Baseball teams last week, and, you know, I can't divulge who they are, but it's very possible that Major League Baseball doesn't even play in 2020. And you think about the devastation around marketplaces, all the vendors, all the, the CS people they have, the fans, the customers. It's, it can be devastating.
0: Hey, did you see how NASCAR adapted to this and they're racing online? Did no, you see I,
1: that? No, I didn't. We don't do a ton of NASCAR, but what, what are they doing?
0: Well, you know, like uh, you look at, uh, I'm trying to think of the video game, E6. You know, the, oh, yeah. Yeah. So what they did is they took all the drivers and they put them all in their homes. And they race on Fox Sports.
1: Uh, So good. I didn't see that.
0: It's brilliant. I mean, it's brilliant. I mean, it's quick.
1: And that's kind of what everybody's looking for an outlet now, right? They're looking for ways to stay engaged with clients and things like that. And that's the the hard part, especially when you did. And there's a lot of industries that have been really heavily hurt here. But sports is just one of those things that one of my trainers for my team said to me the other day, she we're talking, and she goes, you know, a few years ago, you you were telling me like, you know, what the marketing strategy was of the company and how we were talking like, we're in an industry that can really never be touched. There's always going to be sports. And she talked to me this weekend. She goes, I thought you were genius when you told me that. I said, what do you think now? She goes, maybe not so. <laughs>
0: oh yeah. <laughs> never- I mean, you look at like restaurants around a stadium, mm-hmm. right? And you got food yep. service inside the stadium, cleaning, distribution. You've got uh, hotels. All of that revenue is just stopped.
1: I, had, I was on, the, I was on the, um, having a conversation with the New York Yankees uh, sales management team. And they're a good customer of ours. And, and their VP said, Lance, would you come back? I said, if I were a fan of the Yankees. And he goes, I'm assuming you are. I said, well, yes. But uh, I said, um, "I said, you know, after 9-11, I think of the most iconic games. It was kind of this World Series with the Yankees. And he goes, would you come back now? I said, I don't know if I personally would. Not not for not for not being a fan, but I really have to consider how comfortable I would be, you know, around all those people. I said, it's probably going to be a lot of baby steps before that happens for a ton of people, just not me. And he goes, I'd agree. So that's what we're dealing with right now. So gonna look like.
0: So, you know, I, my, my gut tells me that there's a lot of organization, by the way, I think we're learning the true sense of humanity and how much people really care about each other and the fact that we are a heck of a lot more alike than we ever thought we were.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: but as organizations that uh, are maybe kind of stuck in their tracks and they, they're curious, when can I begin some sort of offense Mm. And uh, Ed Epley, our good friend, sent me a great article called "Roaring Out of the Recession," and basically said that uh, companies that cut their workforce uh, actually they were the least likely after the recession actually actually make it through it. But companies that had a good defense and a good offense are the ones that just exploded and uh, and made it through it. So, what's some advice for organizations thinking about how do I how do I step how do I step into an offense?
1: Yeah, um, I I think number one, um, we've been really careful of what we put out there in the market. Like a lot of our competition is put all kinds of content out there and and I've been really careful with the marketing people. One of the things is we put out a webinar two weeks ago, um, you know, how to operate in business uncertainty. I think, I think number one is, and you and I talked to us about even your own business. If, if you appear tone deaf to what's going on, you're going to take yourself right out of this game. An example I even used with your team. I had a, I have a fatuation with watches, of watches, and um, before this all went down, I had a um, gal I deal with up in Columbus, her name's Katie, she sent me a nice note, right, she goes, hey, I'm looking for that watch you were, you know, you were thinking of, after this all went down, about a week into it, she Texted me, you know, Lance, I know this is a horrible time to even send you this. And please don't take it as being salesy. I want to, number one, see how you're doing. Two, when we do come out of this, give me a call. I think I might have found it. it was, and now you might be listening to me and say, well, it's horrible. I know Katie and it wasn't horrible. Yeah. It was classy. It was dealt with the right way. So I think number one is, how do you come out of this? It's you understand your customers. Like, yeah. if you're tone deaf. Two is, in a lot of businesses, you're going to have to be really ready for a long game. What defines a win today is not going to be what a win was three months ago. Just getting somebody to agree to talk to you for a few minutes to check in with them, that might be a win. Yeah, because
0: the economy before was, I mean, let's face it, we were in sixth gear, right? Oh, yeah. Some <laughs> so of us were in seventh. <laughs> I was finding gears a couple of times in my business. I didn't even know we had. I didn't even yeah. know. Those and I, so all- all of a sudden right now, it's like we, like we might be in second gear. you got to go all the mm-hmm. way back down to second gear. You yeah. might be in second gear for a long time. I, I got an uh, instant message on LinkedIn, and it was just it was abrasive.
1: Somebody sent
0: you something? Oh, yeah, and I just I, I stepped into the guy and it said, I've tried to be nice, but I'm tired of deleting this. So I need you to do two things. I need you to learn up and grow up. And then I, then I deleted it. Then he came back and this was amazing. He said, I'm brand new at this. Can you help me? And I was like, Oh, if Fair you're enough. that curious, yeah, I can help you.
1: Now you're human. Now you're now human. Are you
0: human. Yeah. And I'm like, Hey, reach out to the people that you know, see if you can help them be a servant to the world. Yes. And, and, and the world will serve you back. Uh, but, uh, I, I was a little annoyed at first. Yep. Uh, and then I was even annoyed with the way I handled it. Um, but I was kind of grateful to the fact that he had the courage to kind of say hey can you help me then how 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 would I do that I was I was kind of blown away give me some coaching
1: give me some feedback you know I think if you're if you're a business owner on this call or you're you know in some kind of business development I think you should be as you do your outreach you're gonna to have to really assess your skill set and you know you and I've talked about this you need a level of tactical empathy meaning some some of it's hard, some of us it's hard for us to be to 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 show empathy because of people skills, how we brought up, and you're gonna have to find that too. Like we talked about this before, you got to be really careful celebrating your own company's successes. You may be dealing with devastation somewhere else, right? So Even on like, social media. Yeah, you got to be very careful. Like we we just we just got nominated for an award, and it's one of three years, and this will be the third year in a row. And my marketing people said, "You want to put it out there?" I said, "All right, now." Now's not the yeah. time. And three months from now, will be fine. Like, and, and let's just check then. I just, it's not time to spike the ball. It's not time to puff our chest out. It's time to show that stuff. And you, it's just stuff you got to think about. So when you go, you got to show that level, Going back to your original question. You got to really think through this. You got to think about your outreach, what defines a win now, what wasn't what a win was before. And you just have to be ready. And, I, and I'm trying, I'm thinking Mark Cuban, I heard him interviewed and, There are a customer of ours, and I don't always just love his message, but he said, look, there's going to be a lot of trepidation in the marketplace. People are going to have really, it's going to be slow how people kind of come back to. You're not going to realize the three-dimensional devastation there is from their families, from, from infrastructures and companies. You're going to be thinking of that stuff. So you got to be ready for a lot of different kinds of answers. So, so watch your approach. It's almost like a read off you got to get up to the line of scrimmage and really see kind of what the defense is going to give you.
0: Well, I think there's other industries. Like you and I were talking about banking. They're killing it.
1: Yeah. It's a good time to be a banker right now because yeah. this, like, this isn't like in 2007-8. This is different for them. People are going to them for help. We even changed the business. We even changed banks in the midst of this because we realized our bank couldn't even serve us. Wow to say the le- they didn't really have a small business bank I won't, I won't name them but they really didn't have great relations with SBA and I went in and I said to the president I said I said Mike I said it feels like I know more about this these SBA programs than you do I said that's not a good place for you with me right now you know yeah. like, it's not oh, yeah so that, it's tough right so
0: and then so in other words it's mo- most organizations would think by industry everything's okay and it's really company by yes. company.
1: Yes, so well said. It is such it is situation by situation. The analogy I used um, recently it seems to people seem to understand. If you don't like a sports analogy, it's it's you may be a doctor that does like say your surgeon does pretty routine things like shoulder surgeries or knee replacements or hips, which they're pretty from person to person routine. You are now getting patients that could be a different, every patient's going to have a different ailment and you got to take those into consideration every single mm-hmm. time. You might have blood pressure up, down, nick and artery, something like that. That's going to, it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough.
0: You know, I think what's interesting too is you, you know, is you, like we had a restaurant here in Springboro open up, uh, opened three weeks ago. Opened the day the governor shut the state of Ohio down. Wow. So uh, oh Timing is everything, right? Yeah, they had no uh they had no intention of doing carrier. None. Uh and um they just came out on social media and they said, look, this is this is pass or fail today. Can the community lean in and help us? Wow. Help? Wow. And the community leaned into it and, and the and uh the, their their is amazing. And um they're they're not doing as well as they would have, obviously if we wouldn't have to stay at home over but you talk about adapting and then i th- my personal opinion there's two there's two words in the english language and they're the most powerful words on the planet the first one's your name and the second one is the word help can you help me
1: yes very much so very much so i am um, i didn't you know i haven't shared this with many people um, uh, there is a i don't know if everybody's familiar with um, somebody named Reuben Hurricane Carter. So Reuben Hurricane Carter was a fighter um, that was convicted of a crime he didn't commit and he sat a few decades in jail. And when this first opened up, um, I sat down to the PowerPoint presentation with my sons. And I said, this is gonna be the first time in your life that the name on the back of your jersey is gonna be way more important than the name on the front of your jersey. And I said, I I never explained my business to him. I just said, hey, right now, the Tyson Group supports your whole lifestyle, so I'm going to need you to really be respectful. Of what I'm asking you to do, like you're going to have to hunker down and hang with friends because something happens to me, or you know, right now I kind of, you know, I can't afford to be stuck 14 extra days if I don't need to. And I said the other thing is, let me teach you about the hurricane. And Denzel Washington played his him in, in the movie, and Hurricane Carter used that 20 years kind of like Nelson Mandela. In, in prison and his confinement to make himself better he ended up figuring out how to defend himself and get exonerated he found people that would help him and he made himself better and i said in in this next few months you're gonna have to either decide you're gonna waste away or you're gonna find out a way to make yourself better Shame oh yeah that, like you said right so so we call it the hurricane presentation <laughs>
0: So. Well, it, Lance, you bring up a good point because even for salespeople that say something like, well, like, for example, McGowan Bender, we stopped, like, you will not, you will not call anyone. It's just, right. Uh, right. we don't want, we don't want phone calls and you're not going to make any. Um, and then uh, some sales organizations, well, we have nothing to do. Oh my goodness. No. When, when in your career, have you had this much time to plan to go inside, yep. to build a strategy? Hundred
1: percent. You're so right, and that's uh, we see a lot of customers doing that. And um, like I have a fo- I have a phone call later today with Madison Square Garden. And they kind of going into it was kind of an ironic conversation with them. You'd appreciate this. So on November twelfth, I was I was at Madison Square Garden. So, or excuse me, March twelfth. And March 13th when it was when all hell broke loose and I was literally Madison Square Garden and I said, and as I was walking over, they were canceling, um, they were canceling the Big East tournament, they weren't going to let fans in. And so I said to the decision maker, I said, so what are you hearing internally here? He goes, our HR team is wonderful. They said we're a 365-day, 24-7 arena. Nothing's going to happen here. By the time I landed back in Columbus, they canceled the NBA season. Oh, and, uh, so what we've been working with – and the reason I bring them up is because we they're working so – what a great team of leaders – like they're really focused not on just developing their people, but developing on the right content. So I would say even when you're, if you're in sales or yourself, make sure you're just not taking everything in. Think about what's happening out there. Like you got to learn how to quickly problem solve out there. You might pick up the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, learn to connect with multiple different kinds of folks, right? Anything like that. So be careful what you pick up, but develop yourself because you're going to need a sharp ax, Come at yeah them you're going to really because you may get in a lot of cases you may get one shot at things yeah right? and i think i heard you say it before you know you're going to have a shot to really destroy the the reputation of the organization yourself because if you seem tone deaf it's going to be scary or you're going to make it
0: you know there's a great book out there and i'm sure you've read it but never split the difference craig voss Boss is great. I mean, uh, just a hostage negotiator. So, it, you know, if you've got salespeople and you want them to learn, uh, Juan Lance has written a book, and we'll talk about that in the end, but uh, he talks about the power of mirroring. He talks about the power of um, uh, using someone's name. He talks about just the power of just so many different aspects that are just so important to now uh, my phone's going off there. Um, yeah. Hey, by the way, I still have a house phone. Do you have a house phone? I do, but I don't think I know what the number is.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we do. I mean, we might be only two people on Earth. Right? I know. So. Well,
0: I, you know, I still have it because it's all bundled with uh, wireless. And, uh, stuff. So stuff. right. That ours. We've thing. also actually
1: talked about that tactical empathy, too. So a lot of stuff we're talking about. He spends a lot of time talking about and things like, it sounds like I'm hearing this from you, like all the, a lot of cushioning and mirroring what you're saying. So he uh, he's really good at selling it too. The guys the guys definitely been there before. So but he's a great master class out there also for ninety bucks.
0: I saw that. Uh, so, matter of fact, because okay. and I watched it. What was crazy is he talks about the bad, the mad, and the sad. Yep. And 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 I think what he's trying to tell society is, hey, these people are not behind bars, right? right right? It's you and I, we have the ability to be bad, mad, and sad. Yes. So yes. instead of human beings, let's just try to be being humans and connect. Uh, and you do that through words. Lance, one of the things you brought up too, as you said, was it 7% were the words that you use?
1: yeah um and actually it's it's um seven i think it's seven seven percent is the content or words and then 55 your your uh body language and then whatever the balance is it's 30 maybe 30 33 or something whatever whatever the balance is is your is actually your tonality but the words aren't the the words aren't as criti- the content is, is kind of what he, and actually boss talks about this too because it was an old, it was based off an old study that uh, UCLA did and they said content words tonality and body language which are all factors in how you communicate and when you're especially not face to face which a lot of us are not going to have that opportunity for a little for the time being and it's going to make it harder where we're communicating like we are over Zoom where that tonality and words actually jump up then words will jump up as an impact. So, or the content and the structure. So that's, that's, that's that old, old study that
0: was done by UCLA. But even through Zoom and through Microsoft Teams or Skype or FaceTime, um, th- there are some things that you shouldn't do through uh video. What, what are some of the things you shouldn't do?
1: Well, I mean, one of the things that seems to be obvious, but, um and I, I'm kind of always looked I'm glad I have like a, I can see myself in front of me like just a lot of this like i like talk with my hands like don't be so out there oh, yeah. you're really contained and controlled that way and actually i had one of my one of my team members coach me the other day they said stop touching your face, I go, I'm <laughs> touching my face. Oh. yeah so i mean that's definitely one thing um i think the other thing is on a because we're very two-dimensional right now like i i feel i can see you i feel i can read you but you're only two dimensional to me here. right? So, so one of the things you don't want to over assume body language on something like video, because you're not seeing the whole environment that you're in, I can't see the perspective. So I got to use a lot of, you know, tell me your thoughts on this, or it sounds like this, so I got to ask a lot of questions that are more an evaluative type question to, to make sure I really understanding and it's linking to the body language that I'm Reading or misreading off of that, so they're the two main things I would say, just kind of really not not aren't good. Now, obviously, it's harder if you're on, um, you know, if you're on a conference call. But I will tell you, right before this meeting with my salespeople, I said we are no longer on conference calls. We'll never do a conference call again. We'll do Zoom. The world's changed. This is perfectly acceptable. We get some face time with people. But another thing to think about, we get a lot of questions on this. Um, we, we just engage with a manufacturer and um, their relationship sellers, meaning they visit a lot of these plants and stuff. And called me, the VP called me up because, Lance, I'm not, even, I'm not even sure my people know what to do. They're all in their mid-50s. They they do their paper routes every every month of the factories they go visit. They bring donuts and stuff. They have great conversations. How do they sell now? I go, like, oh, that's a really good question. <laughs> right? yeah. so, so, like, there's a lot of complexities to this that people haven't even thought of, because there are still, it's, it's lessening, but there still are some folks that are a little naive that think it's going to just kind of, somebody's going to turn the switch and say, COVID's over. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not going to be. It's yeah. going to be different. It's going to be. The landscape's changed. So.
0: Well, and one of the things we've learned too is, you know, number one, I hope, you know, um, it's Captain Obvious just landed in the room, but hopefully you've reached out to every single customer. Yes. And asked them, how are you doing? Can we be useful or helpful in any way? Okay. And then you have um, companies that you were working with that you have great relationships with. So people that would pick up the phone when you call, can you be useful to them? And then you have salespeople that want to call people that have never heard of your organization. And what we're worried about is, hey, uh, what's the what's the brand uh, liability in uh, having those folks reach out? And that's why we're just saying you're just not going to reach out unless you can be useful yeah, and exactly. helpful. Exactly. And, and like you said, unless you have a good enough relationship
1: to, it's there, right? But if you if it's cold right now, a lot of times it's not great. So. Um, unless you're hearing something, unless you really feel comfortable with your salespeople and who they are, and especially if younger salespeople, I, I think this is a another challenge. Some of them don't have the um, cog- cognitive dissonance. They don't even know their blind spots. They don't. They don't, they haven't had enough repetitions to even to know what this is. You know what I mean? So that's all tough. Yeah.
0: So so if listeners wanted to um, get a hold of your book. How do they get a hold of your book?
1: Yeah, and the easiest spot is go to Barnes and Nobles or go on Amazon, and it's, it's called "Selling Is a Selling Is an Away Game" by Lance Tyson. Um, it's done really well. It's actually there's some there's some really good strategies and tactics in there, especially for this day and age, because the kind of the offense we teach is really to understand the mindset of the client, and I think that's actually a good start. That's kind of what we're talking about here. What strategy? Not every strategy works in every situation. So I think that would make sense to folks. So it'd be a good place to get it.
0: It's it's a good book. And I encourage our listeners to go, go buy it and read it. Uh, And uh, you know, it's funny. I was buying something the other day and a guy came to my house. So, and he's in sales. And so I'm talking to him and uh, I'm like, oh, wow, I guess what's wrong. I'm like, man, we're both in sales. Like, I'm going to buy from you. <laughs> yeah. I know I'm going to do it. Right, right, right. Uh, it was just, uh, it was fascinating. It was really interesting.
1: <clears throat> so the, uh, yeah, and I, um, I just think, I think every business, I think if we go back to what you said earlier, every single, it's, it's going to be situation by situation. You're not going to make one macro decision, especially if you're in a B2B selling, any yeah. kind of B2B selling, you, which is going to put a lot of pressure on management. It, it just really and you know that in your business, I know that in mine. You're just it's gonna take a lot of filtering and a lot of thinking and some practice as this change it will it will change, but it's probably not gonna change back. It's probably just gonna be different.
0: Yeah, and I think even for our listeners too, so I think if you're an organization, hey, go out and grab that, you know, article Roaring at a recession, read it. It'll give you tons of optimism. That's a Harvard that's a at Harvard Business Review article. Yeah. yeah and it was uh, gave me a ton of optimism too but also and then lance brought this up too even for your sales staff um, you know make sure they understand the the value of empathy and also understand that you know it might take 9 10 11 touches yep. to yep. try to get somebody to even want to listen um, to your organization and by the way every organization is trying to figure this out they
1: are and it's everybody's all over the board i've yet to find one consistent answer Everybody's dealing with this differently. They're looking at it differently. We're just in an unknown territory. So it's going to take really good decision-making by the leader. Of
0: I think I humility is going to win. I think vulnerability is going to win. Oh. I think, gonna win. Uh, I think humanity, uh, like you said earlier. Yeah. Humanity of the whole thing is going so, well, Lance, I can't thank you enough for being on our show. Um, really grateful. Thanks for everything you've done for uh, Mago and Brabender. If uh, you have any questions, you can uh, email me at scott at healthierbirthdays, uh, dot com, and join us next time on Side Effects.